The NBA Christmas Day slate has leaked. And the Bucks really botched that whole Bogdanovich thing. And the sour rankings are out this week. And at the top, COVID. We're going to talk about it here on this Wednesday, Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Locked On NBA podcast. Today we are brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. On Wednesdays, I'm one of your regular co-hosts, John Corrales. Find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John, and I am the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Boy, we've got a lot to talk about today, Jake. I mean... So much. I think that's like every day when it comes to the NBA right now. Yeah. Well, it's back. Media week has begun. Uh, every team is out there. So, of course, make sure you're following your favorite team. There's a, a lockdown for every team out there. Every team is back. We've get, we're have we getting interviews with all of the players now, coaches and all of that stuff. There's a ton going on. And on top of it all, the Christmas Day schedule has leaked. It's December. <laughs> We're doing December podcast. <laughs> These games are in like three weeks. Um, they're they're in twenty three days, tw- something like that. I forget it, exactly how many, but it's it's pretty close to it. Also, before we even get into this, yeah. I'm looking at the graphic that Woj tweeted out. Of course, he broke this. It is very clutch points esque of LeBron in the Christmas hat, and I didn't look at the ball that LeBron is holding, where it's a basketball with a like a bad Photoshop because the ball is shaped like a lumpy orange or something like that. <laughs> That looks like it's been wrapped, but you can see through the wrapping and it's got a little green bow on. Do you, are you yeah. looking at this? I'm it's, looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Someone has it is used... amazing to me. You've got gingerbread cookies in the back and I, maybe a pizza. I can't really tell. A pizza. Oh, no. That looks There's like an some, ornament. It's like it might be a tree that's kind of behind LeBron. Okay. No, it's, it's a Christmas tree. That was dumb. Yeah. Um, it just looked like a slice of pepperoni pizza, but no, it's a Christmas tree. No, that'd be awesome if it was a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad wrapping job because this who buys like translucent wrapping paper? That doesn't hide the, the gift puts, at all. No, and it's round. It's clearly a basketball. The bow does nothing to disguise it here. Um I'm more excited about the, about the games than I am <laughs> the, the present LeBron is trying to deliver us here. So here is the schedule as leaked by Adrian Wojnarowski. The first game Hey, Jake, your New Orleans Pelicans playing a noon game at Miami, followed by Warriors at Bucks at 2.30, Nets at my Boston Celtics at 5, Dallas Mavericks at LA Lakers at 8, and then LA Clippers, Denver Nuggets wrap it up at 10.30. Jake, I kind of like this schedule. It's a, it's a little bit different, right? Like it's, usually you get kind of the cliche matchups on Christmas day, which I get it. It's like part of the season. You're, you know, you're in a month or so you want to kind of put those marquee things on a marquee day, but you don't get some of like the better stories. Like how many times are you going to get Lakers Clippers? And it's kind of boring at that point on Christmas right. or the Knicks are on there because they're the Knicks or you get like one like interconference matchup. That's like, Oh, two of the top teams. Let's just put them together. Cause they're two good teams in this, um, conference and like you or you get like a rematch of the finals this is i I don't want to call it inspired but it's a little bit weird and i kind of 
dig it more so than like those those uninspired matchups we would get. Like Pelicans Heat, you've got um, Brandon Ingram and Bam at a bio. Uh, winner and runner-up for most improved player. You've got Stan Van Gundy taking on an old team. It's also Zion. Like, there's a bunch of storylines in there that you don't normally get to kind of look at, and so it's kind of fun for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be a fun game. Warriors and Bucks. First of all, putting Giannis at two thirty. That's that's an interesting game there. And uh, how much of this is going to be so Golden State Warriors? Will they make a play for Giannis and Tentacumpo? Like. That's going to be a whole thing with that game. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like, that's going to probably dominate the storyline leading up to that one. Like, Nets, Celtics, obviously, we kind of know what's going on there with everything. And, um, you know, it also, I guess, is got like a bunch of weirdness, too, because what are the Nets going to look like? You get sure. uh, Kyrie Irving's return to Boston, too, obviously, yeah. where this game's kind of yeah. put Kyrie in Kyrie going with back a to Boston with, without fans in the stands. So no rousing booze. When Kyrie, when the, the Nets came to Boston, the the booze for the Nets and the chance of where is Kyrie and all of those things, I mean, just deafening, so deafening that he addressed it on his Instagram. Like he he was uh it, it was really bad. So now he's gonna come back and no fans in the stands. So that's interesting. Uh, See, of like all the games, this is the one that I'm just like the most met about. And like, that's kind of a good thing, given that that's kind of the storyline here. And that's pretty awesome. And I'm excited to watch it. But out of all of the five matchups we have, I'm like, oh, that's the one where they just picked two like good teams in the East and decided to play them because we needed something in that kind of early afternoon nap spot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they, they might be starting to try to really build that Celtics Nets rivalry. But Kemba Walker, it was uh, revealed. Today or Tuesday, uh, the Celtics said that Kemba Walker is going to be out at least until the beginning of January. So that takes a little, a little bit of the steam out of this because uh, you know Kemba, obviously one of the main, uh, one of the stars for the Celtics here. But he had a stem cell treatment done, injected into his knee. He's on a 12-week strengthening program, so we won't even know when he starts playing until the, until the beginning of January. So that might not even be when he starts playing. So. This game will lack a little bit of star power. Uh, No star power lacking in the next game there. Dallas Mavericks against the LA Lakers. And interestingly, I think this is, this is kind of like when a, a young wrestler gets to the main event against like Hulk Hogan. And finally, like they, they get him like over like Luka Doncic going up against LeBron in a prime time Christmas slot elevates him from one of the young stars in the league to one of the league superstars to me. Yeah. It, it's like an establishment kind of game or something like that. This is obviously the most marquee game. It's the 8 PM Eastern game. This is the one that everyone will be tuning in for. You've got the face of the league in LeBron James taking on potentially the future face of the league in Luka Doncic. Yeah. Like that's exactly what you are going for here. It should be fun. I don't know if it'll be, the most competitive game, but I'm excited to see Luca in prime time against the Lakers on this. Like, I love this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how much LeBron plays. Like, I don't think he's going to sit out, but I, I think that he'll be limited because of the short turnaround. You're not going to see 36 minutes of LeBron James in this one. So short turnaround is going to impact this game. How much will we see 
Anthony Davis. There's going to be a lot of bench play in this one. So that might level the playing field a little bit. Uh, next game. That's a good point. Next game, 10-30 game. Uh, Clippers-Nuggets, a rematch of the Western Conference semis. That I'll call this the Jamichael Green game. <laughs> I mean, this is like the, the pure revenge weirdness kind of game. This is like Pac-12 after dark, but for for the NBA on Christmas Day right now, like the, the Clippers blew that lead to the Nuggets. Nuggets advanced in the playoffs, basically got Doc Rivers fired. Like this is the one where you're like, oh, of course they were going to put this one on Christmas Day. And I dig it. It's not like a normal matchup you would see. I love something like this. Did you see the Jamichael Green quote? No, I did not. Uh, he, um, I'm trying to call it up right here because he, um, basically he left the Clippers for the Nuggets and basically he said, well, they were, they, you know, blowing a three, one lead. We saw basically what, what that team was made of. So this was an easy decision for me. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. No, like this is the perfect night game, right? Like this is the perfect late night. It's going to go till after midnight on on East Coast time. You're going to get some weirdness in this. There's going to be some bad blood. Like if you get in a fight of all of these games, it's most likely to happen in this one. And like late night, you wake up to like a viral moment like that. Like, oh, like hell yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, what day is Christmas on? Oh, it's on a Friday night. So nobody has to podcast we don't have to do a podcast after this one. <laughs> if, if there was a fight, you would have an emergency lockdown. We should. We should be on standby for an podcast. emergency. Yeah. So here's the exact quote. I found it. Blowing the 3-1 lead, you know they had heart. It wasn't a tough decision. That was Jamichael Green on joining the Nuggets, leaving the Clippers to join the Nuggets. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, I, wonder, yeah. I wonder if somebody on the Clippers takes a shot at him. Look, oh, man. That's the Look, fight. I, I, yeah, I kind of dig it for It'd the be Marcus Morris like, oh, too. Marcus these... Morris will do it. Oh, well, yeah, if you were to pick one person, absolutely. Like w- <laughs> one of the things I kind of love about this is none of these are like the marquee matchups of the season that you would think, which would be Lakers Heat, Lakers Celtics, Lakers Bucks, something along those lines, right? You're getting kind of weirder but very interesting matchups on this, and you don't need to break out those marquee games at the start of the season. You probably need those sprinkled in throughout to keep interest high. Well, you're also getting guys like Bam, like Zion Williamson, as one of my cats runs crazy in the background here. Um, Luka Doncic and some of these other guys, like big primetime exposure. Like this is a very perfect schedule for the NBA on Christmas Day. Yeah, I I like it. I really like it. No, there's no Philly. There's no Utah. There's no Houston. Notable teams that are being left off the schedule here. Uh, I don't care. I'm sure people in in those three cities, especially Philly and Houston, are going to be losing their minds over this. I don't want to watch Houston on Christmas Day ever again. No, <laughs> I think that's it's not pretty fun much, to watch, man. I think that's pretty much how it it's it's shaking out. So, I I like it. I like it. Normally, yeah. I would come on to a podcast like this and say, "All right, here's the schedule." Blah. Here, what what games would you like to see? We- I, I think a year ago we did like, okay, make your, like, I'm almost certain we did. Probably. Or maybe it was two or three years ago. Like, make it, because we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Maybe it's, it was like, make your, your, your ideal Christmas Day lineup. And mine would probably come in something like no, this. No, this is good. A little bit different. This is good. I might have put Portland in here somewhere. Um, yeah, that's fair. You know, that's fair. but it's, it, it's hard. It, you can't get every team in here. So it's like, if Portland goes in, who comes out? You know, and it's so, you know, Portland, 
what you do, you make it up to Portland, you put them on Martin Luther King Day, you know, and, and have that be, you know, there, there's two marquee days here. Just because the one team is not on here, there, there's another one where they can be showcased. So uh, hopefully that'll be a, a day where that's possible. When yep. we come back, the Milwaukee Bucks may have royally, royally screwed up that Bogdan Bogdanovich situation. We're, we've learned so much about it, and now it's basically bad cap math that might have torpedoed that deal. That is next. There is nothing bad or screwed up or anything when it comes to Built Bar. You cannot get that wrong ordering yourself Built Bar. It's delicious. They have 18 flavors. Six of them are brand new for this year, and they have options with nuts and no nuts if you're allergic. Just great all the way around, covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar. Are you health conscious? Are you looking to lose or maintain weight? Built Bar is perfect for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for a keto diet. I like the peanut butter one. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories. It's perfect for me. Jake, what's your favorite one? I dig the salted caramel. It's like a candy bar. Like yeah. You wouldn't even think you're eating something healthy or good for you. It is so different. It tastes so good. I actually look forward to eating one of these things every day after I work out. Yeah, they're great. After a workout like that, Breakfast, if you want it to start your day as a meal replacement, plenty of options. Give it a shot. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Even if you've ordered it before, you can use the promo code again. So go to, go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on for 20% off. Hey, if you're not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NBA. Follow it on Spotify. Ask your smart device to play the next episode whenever you want. Tomorrow's podcast is David Locke and Ben Golliver. We've got a rotating cast of characters all week long. We do the Wednesday show. There are different crews Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast. Now, one of the things we do is talk about how people screw up across the league, and the Milwaukee Bucks sure did that. It seems with the Drew Holiday trade, Bogdan Bogdanovich situation. In a nutshell, Sam Amick of the Athletic was on the Athletics podcast uh, on Tuesday and said, "I'm going to sum it up by trading for Drew Holiday. They limited. I'm sorry. Let me start over by." Signing and trading for Bogdanovich, they hard capped themselves, which limited how much money they could really spend otherwise. And that means they couldn't have traded for Drew Holiday. You following me? Drew Holiday, they say, okay, we want to trade for him. But, oh, wait. Bogdanovich is a sign and trade, and that hard caps us. So what they didn't do, Jake is that Drew Holiday has these clauses, these these incentives. Un, unlike So a lot of NBA deals have incentives in there. They come in two right. flavors. There's likely incentives and unlikely incentives. The unlikely incentives are the ones that we're looking at here. Basically, they don't factor into the salary cap until you get to the hard cap. They will count against you when it comes to the hard cap. And given where Milwaukee is, 
uh, and after hard capping themselves with a potential sign in trade for Bogdanovich by trading for Drew Holiday, factoring in those unlikely incentives, they would have had to offer Bogdanovich less money. Yes. And that I think was the biggest part. So, so they throw out the tampering stuff <laughs> and <laughs> throw out the very legal that thing that's going they did. on here, right? By doing this, they probably had to go back to him and are like, oh, okay, sorry. Like we can't give you as much money because <laughs> we just realized that this contract has these unlikely incentives. And if you look at, you know, at first you don't want to think that an NBA team could kind of screw up something almost as basic. And like those, these are just things people in the front office have to know, like your pros, right? We've seen how creative people in the front office can get. It looks like they screwed this up. And when you factor in that Pat Connaughton had like the, the two-year deal with Milwaukee, and then they learned they couldn't offer him a two-year deal, and they had to redo it to actually make it a three-year deal because early bird rights contracts must be um, at least with all that stuff. Anyway, yeah, they look like they've screwed up a bunch of things and maybe not understood the CBA and the salary cap. It's not a good look for a team that's kind of desperate to hold on to their superstar in Giannis. And if I were him, it wouldn't necessarily mean I'm not going to resign there, but like, yeah, it would make you pause, I think, a little bit. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this. Like, this wasn't just one screw up, this was multiple screws. It also sounds like George Hill was recruiting Bogdanovich to come and play in Milwaukee, and then they traded George Hill away in the Drew Holiday deal. And it's like, this is like one of those things, you know, you're single, you're out there dating, you're talking to two girls and you're trying to set up a date with each of them. And like, you're like, oh no, let's go out on like a Tuesday here. My girlfriend is in the room just staring at me, by the way. Now. It's a hypothetical situation, honey. And anyway, um, and so it's like, yeah, I wish everybody could Tuesday. see this video. It, yeah, I, I probably look so awkward right now. Um, so it's like, you're like, let's go out Tuesday to one girl and the other girl that you're talking to that you're trying to set up a date on Wednesday is like, how about Tuesday? That's better for me. And you're like, okay, screw it. Like, sure. Yeah. Let's do Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Then the first girl that you were trying to go out with on Tuesday is like, yeah, Tuesday's great. And now you've got to move it with one of them and it just looks bad and it looks <laughs> kind of sketchy to both of them. And you've probably blown it. And that's what's happened here with the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. I love that you put it that way. Um, it's for Milwaukee to just not understand this, which is convoluted. I think the best point you made is not even, it's not that necessarily that Milwaukee screwed this up with the player or that Giannis is going to be pissed that Bogdanovich isn't there, though he probably, you know, will, will be at some point. But the best point there was that, how can you trust a front office that that has now made two mistakes like this? Now, I'm Giannis. I'm sitting here saying I like Milwaukee, which he does. He's, by all accounts, looking for reasons to stay in Milwaukee. And he may still sign this contract. He might still sign this extension. But if I'm sitting here with my agent as Giannis Antetokounmpo, and trying to go through things, say, how can I trust this front office to build a winner around me when they've now screwed up two things because they didn't fully understand the collective bargaining agreement? That is, that is really important to me. Like, I, I think that is, 
again, forget the players. Forget that it's Connaughton. Forget that it's Bogdanovich and, and Drew Holiday. Look around and say, okay, when the next guy gets available, how are they going to mess this up? If I'm Giannis, I look, you know, I go to them and say, how can I, how can I trust you to do this and and build around me? I don't know how they especially answer that question. When they've had, no, especially when they've had moments when they've been a cheap franchise. Look what they did with Brogdon last year. Like that's a big thing to me, I think. And now you're paying Connaughton more money because you screwed up his deal. That's, that's like none of this is a good look. You know, part of this is player relationships too. If you have George Hill recruiting Bogdanovich to come play for you, you probably can't trade away George Hill. Right. Even if you should include him in a Drew Holiday trade, there's like three or four things here that are like, what the hell went on? It, it, yeah. You know, it's one thing to laugh at Rob Polinka when he had something like this in the Anthony Davis trade last year, and then they figured it out because they've got caps experts in LA who obviously know how to do their job. They're not in a, in a precarious position where it's like, Oh, you've got to nail everything around Giannis and like hear him at media day. Uh, that shouldn't exactly make you feel like the safest. If you're a Bucks fan, I don't think it was as bad as some people want to make it out to be. It's certainly not like what we're going to get into with Oladipo in the next segment here. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, hey, I signed the Supermax today. I'm staying, everybody. Yeah. It's, um, it's not great. It's not great. And I still, I still feel like he is going to be loyal because loyalty is important to him. But I think he's going to find outs. And he's going to either build outs into a contract or he's going to sign a shorter contract or something. He's going I I'm willing to bet that he signs something, but if it's anything short of the actual full supermax, this is probably why. It's because he doesn't trust this front office. And you know, it really after all of this, he shouldn't. That's that's what it boils Look, down to. Just date one person at a time, Milwaukee. <laughs> you said that just because your girlfriend's there to make up for it. <laughs> I'm a loyal person, and um, that's the way people should act like upstanding gentlemen. Of course they should. Of course. I agree. Uh, uh, you teased it a little bit. Victor Oladipo, not exactly convincing, and COVID-19 already becoming a problem. Our sour rankings are next on the Locked on NBA podcast. Once again, it is media week in the NBA, so there's a Locked On podcast for every team. We just talked about the Milwaukee Bucks. Go check out Locked On Bucks. We're about to talk about Victor Oladipo. Check out Locked On Pacers. I, of course, host Locked On Celtics. There's a lot Gordon Hayward stuff in there, Kemba Walker stuff. We got the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast in Jake Madison. Check them out as well. You know, go ahead and subscribe. Teams, check them out. All teams are covered here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So every week, Wednesday in our third segment, we do a thing called Sour Rankings. Everybody does their power rankings. We're starting a thing weekly called Sour Rankings. It's just a thing we don't like from the past week. Uh, why don't I start with COVID-19. Two Golden State Warriors have tested positive. One member of the Washington Wizards has tested positive. So the Warriors' first practice is going to be delayed from Sunday to Monday. Um, these players tested positive outside of the facility, so it, it hasn't gotten into these facilities yet. But 
I just don't like what the NBA is doing. I don't like it. I don't, I don't think it's going to work. I was very pro-bubble. I thought the bubble was a good idea. I thought the way they handled it, they made sure everything, everybody was clean going in. They created this sterile environment, and it worked. Having players travel from city to city and play each other in enclosed spaces, closed buildings, I just don't like it. I think it's too, too easy for this to spread. This isn't like the NFL, where if a lineman has it and he goes up against another lineman, there's a good chance that maybe two people, three people get it. Okay, whatever, How that? however that's been working out. We saw a bunch of quarterbacks get in the same room with the Denver Broncos, and they all got it, but it's... Oh, what a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> but... In the NBA, everybody's everybody's on top of one another. Everybody's setting picks. Everybody's setting screens. If one person on that floor has it, there's still, I think, a good chance that a lot of people on that floor will get it. And that means an outbreak. That means an entire team could be in trouble. And with a minimum of, what is it, 12, 13 days before a team, a player can come back from this, we're looking at the potential of entire teams, most team, most of a team, being knocked out for a while. And I, I just think this is going to be bad. I, I'm afraid of the long-term implications, Jake. I, I just, I've seen these. What is it? Cardiomyopathy. Uh, look at Mo Bamba going into media day. He he had it before the bubble and everything with the NBA, and they said he's still not right from that right yeah. now, and he still hasn't fully recovered. And I, uh, the quote of the season, and you may as well make this the league's motto right now, is what Luka Doncic said at media day for the Dallas Mavericks when they're like, "What teams are going to be good?" And he basically said, "The teams that don't have COVID." Yeah, yeah, that's that's perfect because that that's true. That's true. It's like a war of attrition more than you being your best and going out and beating other teams. It's going to feel like. We talked about this before. Money is at stake. There's too much money at stake. So teams are, are teams want to push for it. Players want to push for it because they don't want to lose their millions upon millions of dollars. They've got limited time to make this money and blowing out a whole season can be devastating. So you're stuck. This is capitalism at work. This is... Everybody needs to make their money. They've got to put a product on, and we're going to try like hell and hope hope for the best. And and but I'm afraid for the worst. And again, it's a lot of these guys might get it, and it might pass, and they might be asymptomatic, and it might not bother them. But there there will be more than a few that have it, and there will be some that can't shake those symptoms. It'll change somebody's life. At least, at least a few of these people might have life-changing incidents, and I, I don't know unless I hope I'm wrong. Like unless the NBA really puts like harsh penalties on players and teams for them. Like if you go to a city, if a pl- if team goes to New York City, and they're bored in their hotel and they want to go out and they go do something and something's open and they bring it back and there's an outbreak, like. That's going to be like harsh, harsh, harsh penalties. That's the only incentive for them to not do it. Otherwise, it's going to happen, and too many people are at risk. And it's, I don't know. That, I, I just, I just hate it. I just hate that this is happening. It's 
it, it's just, I hate to you, you know, it just kind of is a situation and I hate to say that, but it really kind of is as simple as that with too much money at stake and, you know, people wanting to get in there. You're going to see fans at some arenas too, which seems a little bit weird for everything. And <sighs> it's just the league kind of knew, you know, there's a reason they went to the expense they did to put the bubble back on when maybe it was just easier to cancel the whole thing. But it's kind of like the show must go on and everyone's kind of treating it as such, which is a little bit weird to me. Like we just got really excited about the Christmas day games. I can't wait. And then we do this. It's like, I could wait. Like it would yeah. be fine. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's just it's a thing that you're conflicted about, and I get it. And yeah, it, it this does feel weird without the bubble. And like, I, look, I'm in New Orleans. I watched the Saints Broncos game that should not have been an NFL game. It was that bad. Part of that was also Taysom Hill instead of Drew Brees in there too. But <laughs> like, it shouldn't have been a dude who's never thrown, who hasn't thrown a, a, a pass in years, playing QB for the Broncos. Like, they should have found a better way to kind of go about this or postpone it and cancel it, something like that. But money went out, and that's why that got played. And it was crap football. It really was. That's not the product you want to put out there. No. You're going to see stuff like that. All right. I mean, I can go on and on, but I won't. Next on the Sour Rankings, Victor Oladipo spoke about his alleged uh, trade request, which he denied. And, Jake, I know that that sounded familiar to you. I'm, if you could all see me, I'm rolling my eyes so hard looking at some of the Victor Oladipo quotes. You're right rolling now. your you're rolling your um, eyes so hard that your entire head is moving. It probably, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, most communication is not, is nonverbal. Yeah. Um, Oladipo going out there and saying, "I never said I didn't want to play for the Pacers." Cool. Did you ask other players if you want could play with them and maybe you know maybe they could go to their front office and try and trade for me? Because yeah. technically, maybe you didn't say you didn't want to play for the Pacers. Maybe this isn't an Eric Bledsoe situation where you tweet out, I don't want to be here. But don't come out and then give all of these non-answers, which I saw here with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. And we've seen it anytime a superstar wants out. They don't want to technically lie to people so that you can come back and be like, that dude's a liar. But when Oladipo says, I'm committed to now, that's essentially all that matters. Come on, man. We know what you're saying here. Just come out and say it. They're so worried about their reputations. But here's the thing. He hasn't played much in the past two years. Victor Oladipo is not an insanely popular NBA player here. He shouldn't care that much about his reputation. If you want to become popular and get people to love you, do the heel turn here, man. Like, like go full on WWE and be like, I, I want out. I hate this place. Screw them. <laughs> screw their fans. I would love that. You're going to tell me you're almost not going to root for that dude to some degree because it's kind of fun. He's being truthful. He's being honest. And you rarely see that kind of honesty in pro sports. Full heel turn. Come on, Vic. I know you can do this. Don't worry about it. And like your jersey will sell. Your new jersey will sell even more. Go that whole, like I kind of dig the idea of that. Other I love, than, and then I hate this. I, <laughs> I love the idea of Victor Oladipo just showing up like at Pacers Media Day with another team's jersey on. Just like having every day like or, or you know what it would be one of one of those jackets, the NBA jackets with every logo on it, but he pulls like the Pacers logo off. It's Yes, that that would be awesome. I, it would be so much fun. Like 
Oh man. Like as long as he's not doing anything to like compromise a game where he's like scoring on his own basket for another team and being like, look, I helped you guys win this one now trade for me. Uh, like don't do things like that. But other than the media stuff is played out. Like I go back to that Dwight Howard, Stan Van Gundy thing in Orlando where, oh. where Stan Van Gundy was like, no, he, he tried to get me fired. The front office told me he went to them and tried to get me fired. We love that. Right. Yeah. How much more did that make you like Stan Van Gundy for spilling that sort of tea? And how much more did it make you hate Dwight Howard when he comes up right after and he's like, no, I, I don't want him fired. This is my best friend. Let me put my yeah. arm around him while he sips his little diet Coke. That was and- my one of my all-time favorite moments. Just that little I've like watched, uncomfortable. I've watched like, that so much recently. <laughs> Stan with the with the diet Pepsi can. It was, and then yeah, <laughs> Dwight coming up, putting his arm around, going, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, like, hey, coach. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and, and then Stan being gutty, but he's truthfully he's like, "I don't care. I do not care that this dude tried to get me fired because I'm the head coach of the team right now, and I'm going to go out and worry about beating. I think it was the Nets tonight." And that's my only freaking concern. When coaches are like, I, I don't really worry about my job security. I kind of believe them because they're so focused on what's right in front of them and it's winning the next game. How much do we like Stan Van Gundy because of that? That's a huge part of it that he was like, I don't care. If Oladipo comes out and is like, no, I don't, I don't care what you all think. I, I just don't like it here for whatever reason. I, man, I'd have so much more respect than the, oh, I'm focused on now and, and my teammates today. And then the second they're not my teammates, I don't care about them. Right, right. Um, it's the language is funny, Oladipo. It's it's you know, it, like you doing the girlfriend thing before. Like when you're getting into a fight with somebody and like you're desperate to win the fight. Like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that specifically. <laughs> like that whole. Thing. It's, it's about to be me later uh, in like, like five minutes uh that is about to be me what? what so why don't i wrap up the show but leave your zoom window open because i want to hear how this goes yeah that's that's the wednesday locked on nba podcast as usual on Wednesdays, I'm one of your co-hosts, John Corrales, host of the locked on celtics podcast you find me on twitter at reds army underscore john and I'm the, you're also your Wednesday co-host. I'm so thrown off now. Uh, Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Oh, that's fun. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Lockdown NBA podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.